All right, everyone, welcome back to the Ramped Podcast. Today, we have a special guest with us. It is Jeff Patterson. Jeff, how are you? I adequately awesome, Danny. Adequately awesome. We'll have to dig into what that actually means. But before we jump into some meaty topics for our community, our job seekers, folks looking to level up in their careers, the people want to know, Jeff, who is Jeff Patterson? From a business standpoint, because we're more than just how we work, right? But from a work standpoint, I was born an entrepreneur, right? I really was starting businesses as young as four years old. It's just who I am. When I graduated from college, I lusted after the highly desirable investment banking job because that's what success looked like. I had that job for a year. It felt like prison. I quit and started a series of businesses, most of them mediocre failures until I started Gaggle about 24 years ago. I tried to raise venture capital. No one would trust me, but I was young and stubborn. So I just started building a business anyway. We're about 165 employees, totally bootstrapped, sole owner. And I believe in the evergreen business philosophy. It's not about the exit. It's about the journey. It's about making a difference in the world, you know, for both my employees and the K through 12 students that we serve. So I don't have an exit plan. I'm probably foolish. I should just be rich and retire, but I won't. Well, we admire that. I obviously admire that as a founder myself and want to dig in a little bit. I think that's a great place to start because as we were looking over your career, obviously it is rare that you find, especially in tech folks that have run a technology business for several decades. So you probably learned a ton in your time. You've seen technology come and go and you and your business have been resilient to change. Let's talk about the why behind Gaggle. Why did you start the company? And then why have you continued to build this company and spread your message into the world? Dan, I think like the real why is that I'm unemployable. I have to start a business. I can't get a job, right? Who would hire me and I would be bored. So there's that personal why. The mission behind Gaggle is to ensure the safety and the well-being of schools and students, right? So we help protect about 6 million students across the United States who identify kids being bullied, threats of school violence, depression, anxiety, suicide ideation, all sorts of terrible things. So the mission has become very powerful. I mean, every year we count lives saved and it's, you know, over 1,500 every year. Yeah, it's incredible. I was reading up on some of the articles that have come out specifically during the last three years or so on some of the innovations that you guys have been doing and some of the things that you're able to track now. How do you get to a point where the tracking of students, protection of students, protection of children becomes front and center for the communities that you're serving? So we work through school districts. School districts work with us to protect the user accounts that they provide to the students. So kids are perfectly fine to do whatever they want on their personal device and on their personal email account, for example. But when it comes to the school provided accounts, the school systems are responsible for what happens. And of course, you know, we all want to make sure those the kids are kept safe. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm a father of two and obviously the safety that is a tagline we use with both of our kids, but our primary responsibility is to keep you safe and then everything else will be all right. So great mission. How about when you are building a company? So if we want to transition a bit, building a company requires a lot of hiring and hiring great people. I know your company is in the hundreds and you've hired tons of people. It sounds like throughout the US, throughout the world. And I'm curious to know, what are the things that you look for when you're bringing on someone new 
in any position? Is it simply must be a culture fit or is it there are some attitudes that they must have or is it something totally different for you? Yeah, look, we've hired many, many people. We've made many, many mistakes. Look, you really do have to start with competency in the role. Can't hire a salesperson to be a software engineer, right? So they have to have the actual skills and sort of vetting that is an important piece. Then it's, it's skill and will, right? Are they a cultural fit? What type of work ethic, what kind of character traits do they have? Those are becoming more and more important to me because I just think it, it's crucial, right? So I've been involved in hiring many people, but I probably, Danny, you found me because I post open jobs in the educational technology industry. I post those once or twice a week. And I started doing that during COVID because people were so afraid. I knew people needed something to be positive about. I knew we had a couple of open jobs and it's just continued. And I think I'm at over 300 posts. That's on LinkedIn, in case you're wondering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's great. And I know you have a blog as well. You're able to reach out to tons of people, distribution in, in many different forums. Let's talk more in relation to our audience on what folks can look for on a specific company. I know you obviously have been running yours, but you've obviously been in tech for quite some time. When folks are evaluating an opportunity or companies to work for, today what we're hearing is, hey, I'm applying to hundreds of different companies. I'm trying to personalize as much as I can, but ultimately it's really about the distribution of my resume. How does somebody stand out when they're looking at Gaggle as an opportunity or looking to get employed by you? All right, so Danny, look, I'm a contrarian, right? So there's so much in there that I just think is so wrong that all the implied things and what, what you're just asking, right? So first of all, I don't even look at resumes. Resumes are just full of bullshit, right? I look at people's LinkedIn profiles. It's more succinct, it's public, so you can't lie. Right? Kind of can't exaggerate as much on LinkedIn. I don't have time to look at what action verbs you use to describe your last job. That's ridiculous. I don't even understand why someone hires a resume writer. Just throw it into ChatGPT and it comes out decently and then edit it, right? Make it shorter. Nobody has time to read, right? This is a generation that we grew up on Twitter, 140 characters. That's a lot of reading. We just skim. So, first of all, stop worrying about your resume, right? Second thing is, Stop applying for jobs. You're just wasting your time and the hiring manager's time. I knew that intrinsically, but I just recently was introduced to a book called Two Hour Job Search. It's written by the guy who runs the career center at the Farquhar School of Business. He really laid out the problem. It's become so easy to apply for a job. It's become impossible for us to hire for a job because we're inundated with resumes. And of course, we all use an applicant tracking system that tries to block people out who are not even qualified, but you guys still get through it. You guys are all still all hopeful. And so it's a senior software engineer role and you're going to apply because you just took a data science class. You're wasting your time and my time. Now the two hour job search lays out a different strategy, right? And I encourage you to buy the book. It's easy. It's only $8 and actually follow what he lays out the very specific plan. Look, when we're trying to hire, most people out there are crazy. Right? We're just looking for a rational person who actually has the skills that we need. And so getting a referral is the best way to do that. So building relationships in the industry that you want to target. That's the key message of the two-hour job search book. Spend the $8. He even tells you to not spend so much time trying to get a job. Spend the time doing it smartly. All right. See, I went off, Danny. I'm full of opinion. Well, you're, you're not so off base. Our, our tagline, my personal tagline is... We want to one, fix the job search. It's busted for many reasons. You laid out a bunch of them, but our primary 
first step is to get rid of the resume. I don't think that's a short-term thing, but it is something that we're pretty passionate about. And there's a bunch of reasons. You laid out a few of them really clearly. I think the others are, are look, it's not skills-based. It is just what you put on there. It's a billboard. It's not who you are. It doesn't share your potential. It doesn't share what you're actually good at. And you can market yourself whatever way you want on a resume. And I like the LinkedIn. I actually got flamed a little bit in a recent post by saying that LinkedIn has replaced the resume. Some folks don't believe that. I believe that. I've heard that from talent acquisition folks. I've heard it from folks like you as well and job seekers. Five years ago, I posted on LinkedIn, I hate resumes. And I laid out all the reasons why. That view, that post got over 150,000 views because it's right. That's right. Yeah, I agree. There's no reason for a resume anymore. It's not indicative of who you are. And it's been around since the 1400s. So it is time to disintegrate yeah, that piece I, of paper. Look, I don't want to give people terrible advice. With terrible advice is don't have a resume, but have one, but don't put, you're not missing jobs because of your resume, right? And, and literally there are people who say, oh, you know, you use action verbs on your description, put numbers down about how big your sales quota achievement was. That is just not real. It's not how people hire. Yep. Not how people hire. Even worse is the cover letter, but that's a different topic for a different time. Oh God, yes. I never <laughs> read cover letters. Right? If you have, you have to do them two or three sentences max. More likely, if I see your cover letter, you're going to have typos in it and you're going to get disqualified because you have a long cover letter. It's the ultimate check the, the box. 70% of talent acquisition folks do not read cover letters today. And that is the primary person who should be reading the, the cover letter and they don't read it even. Okay, let's move on. I know you employ tons of folks who are early in their career. I want to know some secrets that help folks stand out. So you gave a good example. Somebody who takes a certificate program and gets maybe a data scientist certificate is not the best senior software engineer hire, but what does an early career hire need to show you in order to make an impact in whatever step they are in the interview process, but more specifically, in order to get that job at Gaggle? I don't hire early career people anymore, right? I know it's relationships and attitude and work ethic and character for early career are key, right? So that's really where the focus should be. A lot of people in my industry, they're teachers that reach out to me and they want to make a career change. And, you know, I might suggest them, well, you can look at educational technology sales or marketing, right? And I'm not a big fan of micro credentials and certificates, but I am a big fan of learning. And I would encourage those people, you can make that transition, invest the time and energy in yourself, right? Even if you're working a full-time job, there's a lot of extra hours in a week. If you want new sales, go take, or marketing. Go take Salesforce has all these online courses for free called Trailhead. Go learn Salesforce, go read a sales book, right? Go find a marketing blog that you subscribe to and understand what's really going on. If you want to go into customer success, there are customer success books out there and there are tools that customer success managers use. Go immerse yourself in the role that you want and soak up the information that will come through in your interview. Yep. Really strong. How about somebody that's directly reporting to you? We have plenty of folks right now who have unfortunately been laid off or displaced for various reasons who are looking for an executive style role. What does that person need to do in an interview with you to prove that they are the right person for the role? First of all, like the, you can't prove that you're the right person, right? You don't know what's going in the hiring manager's head and, and they're trying to find the right person 
They don't want to be sold proof, right? So I think you got to make everything a conversation. And like in sales, real successful salespeople do what's called consultative sales. They're not trying to force something on, on you, right? And so I think understanding that it should be a conversation, right? If I ask a question, right? So tell me how many, and I'll stay on the teacher. So how many years were you teaching, right? The answer is I was teaching for seven years. Maybe you had some details, high school and middle school in this subject, but people have a tendency to basically give me a whole laundry list of their whole career journey. And I didn't ask that, right? And you're wasting the time of the interviewer and you're wasting your time because there's important questions they're trying to get to. They're just trying to get some basic information. I tell people all the time, if you're talking for more than three minutes straight, you are doing it wrong. It's like a monologue from one of those, you know, evil villains in a cartoon, right? Doing their, <laughs> their monologue about how they're going to, they're, why they're evil, right? People tune out. So keep it short, make it a conversation, pause, ask like, hey, did I give you the information you're looking for? Yep. Yep. Especially in that executive level. I, I love that advice. The verbal cues, the visual cues, if you see someone dozing off, it's easy to just fire back one of those types of questions to get the other person chatting again and make it feel more of like a conversation. And it is often lost in interviews that you don't have Any, to be the person talking the whole time. This riles me up. I actually fell asleep in the middle of somebody's monologue on an interview call one time. I'm like, oh my God, I feel so terrible. <laughs> like, my God, they were boring the crap out of me. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. I have not had that happen to me. I've interviewed quite a few people, but that's, that would be a first if that ever happened to me. It's probably a salesperson, just saying. <laughs> Another question for you. You've obviously hired tons of people. Tell me about the best person you hired. What was their interview like and how did you know, or when did you know that they were your absolute favorite hire? Favorite hire. Like if you have kids, you can't choose a favorite kid. That's not going to go over well, right? <laughs> and, and your favorites are, they change day to day. Why don't I tell you about one of my newest hires that I'm really been thrilled with. Love it. He's our VP of customer experience. Kevin Eckert, if you're listening, this is you. He's just really great. He is a great listener. He's a great communicator. He collaborates well, and he's a subject matter expert in what he does. And that's all very appealing. And so he fits the culture and the mission and maybe took a lateral move or maybe even a possible salary cut to come to Gago because he came for the right reasons. I'll tell you about our interview process because it took a long, when we hired that level, we subscribed to the book, Who. It's a guide towards hiring and selecting candidates. It's, in, it's done by this guy, Jeff Smart, and his company is GH Smart. They consult with private equity to hire top level executives. If you want to really get an insight in how we hire, read the book, Who. And it really all comes down to the interview and the reference check. And after I and most of my senior leaders talk to Kevin, then my CFO, who's versed in the WHO process, flew out and had a all-day interview with the candidate, starting at the guy's childhood and what his career aspirations are, what his motivations are. We have a very thorough process that so we get a great fit. Super cool. Super cool. I love that. I just... Checked him out on LinkedIn. So it looks like a stud. It looks like somebody who is comes with tons of experience too. So I'm glad that's working out. One more question before we wrap with the question we've asked everybody on the podcast. You have now seen in your time at Gaggle specifically a few crazy financial inflection points. So 
what I can tell, you've had three major ones, including this last one, potentially four, depends on what you want to qualify as major. What can folks do when the market gets turned upside down and they are displaced or have been recently laid off to give themselves, one, the confidence to get back out there and keep swinging, but two, practical advice on how to get their foot in the door uh, when something like this has happened to them that's fully out of their control? All right, there's a lot I want to say here. So, all right, let's start with the practical advice. Then let, don't let me forget about talking about the first thing to choose is the company you're going to. Look, first of all, I think you need to realize sometimes you need to take a step backwards, a step down to get on a new path that leads to higher heights, right? Use the hiking analogy. So I think coming in thinking you have to get the exact same job or promotion where you were before is not the right way to think about it. Think about the organization you're going to the skills you're going to learn and the growth opportunity that you see beyond the initial role that you're in. Again, if you want to try to get a leg up, just going to plug it again, read the two hour job search, right? There's no shortcuts in life, right? Everybody's trying to look for a shortcut. There are no shortcuts. And when you find a shortcut, you pay the price for it later. I've done that many times. The number one thing I'd recommend is like, look carefully at the company that you're interviewing with. Are they going to be a stable company, right? Let's talk about how these Nearly every company falls into three categories now. Publicly traded, massive, nobody wants to work there, but you get paid well. Private equity backed and venture capital backed. Venture capital backed companies just want to grow fast. They're not building for the long term. It's all about the exit. How do we grow fast, right? They might throw huge salaries at you, but you'll probably be looking for another job within two to three years. It's just how it works. Know you're going into that. It's like you're gambling in Las Vegas. Then we have private equity backed companies, right? This is where it's a more long-term capital. It's not, they're not trying to grow fast. Their goal is to grow about 20 to 40% a year and with usually 20% profitability. And they put a lot of debt on the company. And so you might want to find out in all these cases, what is the financial position? Mm -hmm. And you have to judge for yourself. Is this someplace that when I get laid off, will I get a decent severance, right? I think you should ask yourself that question. Yep. Good points. Good points. The financial one is new to the podcast as well, but always good to know where you stand within a company and what their timeline is, especially recently. We've heard of folks get hired and then two months later get laid off. If they would have probably just asked for a little bit more insight there, probably could have avoided it. Not that it's their fault. It's really the company's fault for trying to scale up too quickly with no funds. Look, and it, it's this happens all the time. And we're going to see a lot of this as the interest rates rise. So Private equity will buy a new company and they'll put up to 70% of the purchase price as debt and they'll finance that. And as interest rates go up, right, the company is trying to grow and do whatever they're doing. But the private equity firm thinks, wait a minute, we got to pay this interest. We need more profits. I know we just hired 10 people last month. Now we got to lay them off because we're looking at increased lending costs. Yep. Yep. And it's not fair. Not fair for the job seeker, not fair for the employee. But it does happen, and I agree. Until interest rates come down, there's a few more a few more months of pain ahead of us. Um, oh, oh, Danny, there are years of pain ahead of us, right? What you think is high interest rates is historical averages. And if you study demographics, we are in for we're probably in for inflation, and even if not inflation, higher interest rates for the next ten years. I'm very hopeful that's not true, although I do trust you and your guidance and you know much more than that, than me on that subject or have seen much more. I was fortunate enough to be employed and working in a time where low interest rates were the standard. 
If only I knew what you knew back then, I probably could have taken a little bit more advantage of it as well. <laughs> Look, when I was a kid in 1980, we had interest rates for a home loan of 18%, right? Crazy. It can go much higher. Crazy. Well, before we go down the, the interest rate rabbit hole, I do want to give the folks who are listening the one thing that we ask all of our guests on all four seasons of the Rent Podcast. If you could go back in time, Jeff, now that you have the benefit of hindsight, what is the one piece of advice you would tell yourself as you were entering into your career? Like it's hard for me to boil things down to one piece of advice. And remember, my journey is not a career, it's as an entrepreneur, right? I think I overreacted to many things, right? Calm down, take your time, right? I know we had to do layoffs at one point. I overreacted then and I got really stressed out, right? Should just recognize that it's going to work out, take my time, less fear, right? And, and then, of course, enjoying the moments. Not going to be here very long, right? I, I'm almost dead, like maybe 30 years max, probably, right? Enjoy the moments, but plan for the future. That's great advice. I hope it's not true about you almost being dead. Let's uh, let's let's pray some life extension stuff happens and we all live very very long lives. <laughs> on, a, on a millennial time scale, uh, even if I get an extra hundred years, it's nothing, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, we'll be we'll be plugged into some computer by some time in the future. Yeah, I don't think I'll make it that far. You might. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I want to. <laughs> well, Jeff, I appreciate the time. Yeah, Where can yeah, folks yeah. find you? Just find me on LinkedIn. Jeff Patterson, CEO of Gaggle. Wonderful. All right. Well, Jeff, we really appreciate your time here on the Ramp Podcast. Thanks for all the insight, a wealth of knowledge for somebody who's definitely seen a ton of things in his career. And we appreciate your appearance and we hope to have you back sometime on the Ramp Podcast. All right. Thanks, Danny.